Hi, guys, and welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McLaughlin, holistic health coach, writer, and wellness entrepreneur who has, for over 15 years, delved deeply into my passions of nutrition and health. Before we get started, this episode of Healthified is brought to you by Gratified, a natural foods company I launched in order to make a more impactful change in the packaged food space. We offer gluten-free, primarily grain-free, dairy-free granola, nutrition bars, and baking mixes. Everything has been created with real food nutrition, blood sugar balance, and metabolic science in mind. For a discount off of any Gratified product, visit gratified.com and use the promo code HEALTHIFIED at checkout. Also, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could scroll down and submit a rating or review. Five stars is awesome and very much appreciated, but of course, honest feedback is also... Today's guest is Tim James, creator of Chemical Free Body and host of the Tim James Unleashed podcast. After suffering from multiple health issues, Tim knew something had to change, but it was only after watching his closest ones die of cancer and the untimely death of his younger brother that he finally decided to take action. Tim's journey led him to a shocking discovery, which helped another one of his friends beat cancer and transform every area of his life. Feeling charged with the duty to help others, he started sharing his knowledge with anyone that would listen. This led him to producing his own chemical-free food products. Chemical-free body was born. Tim's inbox is constantly flooded with people singing and dancing about how his products have given them life that they couldn't believe was possible. His story will have you laughing, crying, and gasping, but most importantly, he will give you the recipe to a longer, happier, and healthier life. In our conversation, we discuss Tim's major healing journey, which led him to the realization that health is an inside game tied to internal awareness, what he does to reduce the toxic load in his life, four areas of health to start focusing on and improving today, the macronutrient you likely haven't heard of, his advice for living a happier, more aligned life. Let's head to our chat. Tim, welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I can already tell that this is going to be such a fun and engaging conversation. We've been chatting for a few minutes offline. And for those of you listening, I know you can't see us, but let me just paint a picture of how beautiful Tim's skin is and the fact that he looks 15 years younger. So I cannot wait to dive in to everything that you're doing and learning your tips, tricks, and secrets. Well, that, um, that's changed, Sarah. I, I, that's when I was 50. I'm, I, I just turned 100. So I look <laughs> well, 65 damn. years younger than my age. You'll need to share all of the things. Um, this is Tim James. He is a coach and creator of the Chemical Free Body and host of the Tim James Unleashed podcast. So with that, Tim, can you just tell us a little bit more about you, your background, and how you got to where you are? Absolutely. Excited to be here. And I always, you know, my goal every time I make an appearance anywhere, whether it's a podcast or radio show or a TV show or whatever, speaking in public and in a grocery store, trying to educate people on maybe how to make some, you know, healthy cheese. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I love educating people because the reality was, is that my health was in the toilet. Okay. And I'll, I'll get into that, but I got some new information and it was presented to me in a way um, I got kind of lucky and I was able to turn my health around. So um, I grew up over here in Eastern Oregon on a small cattle and hay farm. We raised Hereford cattle, did grass hay and alfalfa, you know, bucking hay bales and that kind of stuff. My best friend was a rodeo star growing up, so we rode horses a lot, roped and did all that. 
And I was like, when I was a little kid, I was like, should I do baseball? For some reason, I really was into baseball as a little kid. Or should I do rodeo? I wasn't really sure which one. Luckily, I picked baseball. Mm-hmm. So I didn't beat the crap out of myself like my buddy. In fact, he lost a couple of fingers about six years ago roping. Um, and I was like, you must be done now. He's like, oh, no, no, no big deal. So anyway, so standard American diet. I played baseball at a high level for 30 years, actually. So obviously, baseball was the good choice. And um, and then fast forward, I moved you know, to Portland to play baseball. And then I ended up meeting a gal, having a couple kids. And then eventually um, that didn't work out, but I got married to another gal. And then we, you know, had a mortgage and I became a financial advisor. And uh, we had three big offices and I was running this, I was helping this guy run this firm and I was going to take over this very large financial firm. So I was like, all my friends were like, dude, you've made it. I was like, I know, this is so cool. Um, but I was running around. I was, uh, you know, age 37. I was 42 pounds overweight, uh, stressed. I had mental fog. Uh, like I said, we're, it was like, we, we worked a lot. And, um, and, uh, I wasn't, um, I, wish, I just wasn't myself anymore. And then, and then, then what ended up happening was I was this athlete and then I, I couldn't even run around a track, Sarah, like one lap. Yeah. I mean, I literally couldn't do it. And I, so I stopped exercising and then things really started going downhill. I started getting this terrible acid reflux stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally eating Tums and Rolades like they were going out of style. Doctor wanted me to go on Prilosec, but it sounded like an alien. So I just stayed away from it sounded weird and then my gut issue started happening which i found out that over 90 percent of people have leaky gut syndrome which is what i had and then beyond um so my gut was pretty jacked up um i started uh uh, pooping blood Mm. and um going to the bathroom was a very painful experience for me it was very painful Um, i would say out of one to ten one being no pain and ten being shoot me i went out of this earth Um, i was a six or a seven every time i had to go number two so every time I got that urge, I was like, oh, no, because I knew it was going to be. And I, and what had happened was the, the blood was actually two types of blood. I had red blood from anal tears, so bright red blood from because my poop was like so rock hard. And then and then and then dark red blood because I was bleeding internally. Uh-huh. And then I'd look at it and go, oh, I hope that goes away. And then I go back to my life. This went on for two and a half years. Like, wow. So I went to the doctors and stuff and I got prescribed some medications. But like one of the medications said. The side effect was rectal bleeding. And I'm like, I already have this. Why would I take this crap? Um, and I wasn't like anti-establishment medical stuff at all. I mean, I still a big proponent of emergency room care because it's a necessity. Yeah. Um, but um, I just didn't sound right to me. So I never did the pharmaceutical drugs. And uh, then it just kept going on. Uh, I started developing skin issues. I had eczema on my knee. And then it, I was like, well... It's not that big of a deal. My pants cover it, but it would crack and bleed and stick to my wool, you know, suit pants, my, you know, my financial advisor attire. And then it got on my left elbow and my right elbow. And then my elbows are cracking and bleeding and I'm doing presentations and people are like, Tim, you're, there's blood on your elbow, you know, cause it's bleeding through my white shirts. So then I switched to black shirts, and dark blue shirts. So they couldn't see the bleeding. And I got to tell you, like, sometimes I would go home and um, I'd have to get into the shower with my shirt on. Because I would, it was so painful to peel the blood dried shirt off of my skin because it was it was connected to it, right? Uh. And, so, and so, and this is like a daily thing. So I'm literally, I poop. It's painful. Um, just moving around is painful. It's cracking and bleeding. It was worse in the winter time. Um, and then 
my world kind of started shrinking because I was this outgoing A-type person, the fun guy. Uh, let's wind Tim up and have some fun. And I became this person like go to the beach. Or I didn't want to take my shirt off, not because I was overweight, because pretty much 80% of everybody else is nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it was because I was embarrassed because my skin looked like a salamander or, or whatever, a lizard or something. You know, it's just like, so I was becoming, I wasn't really growing and expanding in my life because there was this pain stuff I was going through all the time. And I was embarrassed about how I looked and my skin looked. Okay. Yeah. And then what ended up happening, to cap it all off, uh, the cherry on top, my wife, my wife was from, from Peru, uh, Lima, there's like 18 million people down there. And I, uh, we planned this trip down to Machu Picchu. Have you heard of that place? Yeah, we were supposed to go in the spring of 2020. So we all know that how that story ends. We ended up obviously not going, but um, still on yeah. my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we're going down to Machu Picchu. Um, we go to Lima. Her dad's going to go with us. Now, her dad had never had a vacation in 30 years as a medical doctor. Ever. Wow. He worked and worked and worked. And then he got this job upgrade at this other hospital. He ran the hospital. But he was such a, he cared so much about his patients. He kept seeing his, he still kept his practice going while he's running a hospital. I mean, it was insane. Like the guy was super workaholic and he was kind of way up in the high ups there with the, you know, the the dignitaries or whatever, the, the high people in government. He would be there to talk and do stuff. And he was actually one of, I mean, he is a good person. I got to know him. I love that guy. And so he gets his first vacation in 30 years. So we, we, um, we went to Machu Picchu. We did all that. Oh, that was, a, excuse me. The Machu Picchu thing was a separate trip. We went up, the other trip was we went up uh, to a place called uh, Tumbes. Mm. Okay. This is just south of Ecuador and um, uh, very northern Peru. And we were on this very isolated, beautiful beach and this little, these little hut, uh, hacienda things. There was like nine of them. And I think there was only like three other huts full. So it was like kind of out in the middle of nature, like unbelievable like you'd walk on the beach and there's massive seashells that look like they should have been in the smithsonian cool just the most gorgeous things you could imagine we'd go out and fish with a guy in a, in a little deal and then he would uh and then for lunch we'd eat the fish That's you know amazing. they would prepare and there was there was a really nice fancy like restaurant like main main deal there with a restaurant and a bar and, and a hangout area with this deal so very remote um a few days into this thing we're out deep sea fishing and I'm like, I'm not feeling good. So the ship captain or dad, like, oh, he's got motion sickness. I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. Like, I've been hunting and fishing my whole life. I've spent lots of time in the sea fishing. I never get motion sickness. Just never had. And I go, it's not that. And they're like, no, no, that's what it is. They ignored me. Well, and he's a medical dog. I get back home, and a few hours later, like four hours later, I'm, I'm like, whoa. He's like, what's going on? You should be getting better by now. And then he like, he's like, oh my god. He assessed me. And he's like, touch me all. He's like, my, I have severe pain in my side. He's like, we have to get you to the hospital now. You need surgery. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, what? And so I was in so much pain, I couldn't even walk erect. I had to walk bent over like a 90 degree angle, like some old person, like this, it has back problems or something. And so we we hopped in our threw our stuff together, hop in the car, we go to the airport, we missed the one plane flying out of there per day by like 20 minutes. And he's like, we got to get you to a, a hospital. I'm, there's no hospital around this place. I mean, we were six hours away from the nearest hospital, so we rented a van, and through the middle of the night, we drove down this bumpy-ass road um, to the nearest town called Peora, and (laughs) every bump was like somebody was stabbing me with like an ice pick. Uh, Yeah. It was bad. It was like, the road was like this for six hours. Bump. 
boom, 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 boom. So by the time we got there, I'm exhausted. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever been so tired in my life. And I, I like, I, I trained pretty hard. I even wrestled my senior year and the, the training, extra training I was doing, and, you know, getting up in the morning, wearing garbage sacks and running around at a heated place to lose weight. I mean, I was, nothing made me more exhausted than this. Wow. Um, in fact, I'd, the, the paper money in my wallet was uh, soaked wet. That's how much I was sweating. And so I get there, they throw me on the table. He doesn't, and I'm telling you, like, I'm in the examination room and there's like thousands, there's like a bunch of bugs flying up around my head. I mean, third world, it's like a mash deal almost. Yeah, and I'm looking at the scary. instruments. They look like they're from the fifties and sixties. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm like, I've put in, I've paid into health insurance my whole life. I can't even, I finally need it. I'm not going to get to use it. Yeah. And I'm in this. So her dad and they're all talking Spanish. And he finally says, look, he, he told them, he's like, dope him up. But they put me on a bunch of stuff so I couldn't feel nothing. He gets on to books a, the next plane flight out of there on a commercial airline and the, to Lima. And then he's on the phone coordinating the OR to take me because he wants the surgery to be done with his physicians at his state-of-the-art clinic, right? They have a very nice clinic. Yeah. And uh, so the reality was is that I got doped up. I got put on a – I got life-flighted on a commercial airline and nobody knew. Like he was sitting right next to me watching me the whole time. So we flew into Lima. I get in a taxi. I go right into surgery. So that's what ended up happening. And the surgeon saved my life. Again, emergency room care. Thank you very much. We need yeah. it. It's necessity. But as far as chronic conditions goes, F, you fail. Okay. Right. Right. Plunk. And the whole system needs overhauled. And it's not the, the boys and girls, the nurses and the doctors in this situation that they're the bad, the bad actors. They're just part of a broken system. Right. Right. Now, I think a lot of them have woken up through the whole COVID thing. But it's is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I my wife ends up wheelchairing me back in the United States. I still don't know what to do. I'm I, I want to be healthy. Then my friend uh uh Charles gets diagnosed with cancer. Now I'd already lost a friend to cancer mm -hmm. uh, on my baseball team to stomach cancer, but he chewed tobacco and he had stomach cancer. So we thought the tobacco got in his belly, and that's why he got it. That makes sense, right? So we didn't think much about it, but the Calais actually was his name and he died 80 pounds under his weight and uh, he left three little boys behind from ages six to 17. So cancer is mm -hmm. very devastating. The, the man was 40 years old and he was yeah. he had a six pack abs, right? So it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. For those of you that are healthy, it's, it's all about the total package and what's going on inside as well. You have to be yeah. healthy in your gut. And so now my buddy Charles at age 43, he gets diagnosed with a supposedly incurable cancer and he's like, look, dude. I want to live. I want to see my son graduate high school. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose another friend. Because my experience was you get cancer and you die. Yeah. My grandma died of brain cancer. My aunt had died of melanoma skin cancer that spread to her lungs. My buddy, Kalei, on my baseball team, died of stomach cancer. And now my buddy, Charles, is getting it. So I'm thinking, one, two, three, all three dead. Charles is number four. He's going to die, too. And uh, so he said, hey, I'm going to fly to this place in Florida called the Hippocrates Wellness Center. And they do, like natural healing and you know stuff like that and, mm -hmm. and you know healthy food stuff and i'm like he's like will you go with me and i was like yeah man dude i i mean it didn't matter if he would have said we're gonna walk on coals I, to try to heal from cancer i would have done it because i just want to support my friend yeah. had no idea what i was getting into so january 1st 2011 we fly to west palm beach florida and we, we flew out of portland oregon and we went there and on uh, day one my acid reflux was gone wow on, on day three, I was um, 
uh, we, I went to a class that changed my life. It was called Internal Awareness. And it was a three and a half hour lecture by this Dr. Scott Josephson. And uh, the guy came out and this guy was 50 years old and he was fit and he had muscles, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy is, looks great. And then he said, yeah, today's my birthday. I'm 50. And I was like, you're 50? And I'm like, yeah. he looks maybe 40. And I was like, whoa. And actually, the people that had worked there for 15, 20 years looked about 10, 15, 20 years younger than the reg regular population. And I know success leaves clues. And even though I was super skeptical about this place, because I'm like, how could this podunk place help people with cancer when we've got our best minds behind it, and all the hospitals and race for the cure and all this stuff. Right. So I was super skeptical. I literally had a notepad and I challenge everything, right? Because I'm unleashed, right? And so um, <laughs> anyway, uh, by day three, he this internal awareness class. And with the biggest, the takeaway that he was trying to get us to do was he was trying to get us to do colonics or colon hydrotherapy. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for the listeners, if you're not familiar with colonics or colon hydrotherapy, it's colon hydro water therapy. therapy. Uh -huh. So colon water therapy. And you basically sit on a tube rectally and water goes gently in and out of your colon for an hour. And you basically just go to the bathroom for an hour and it cleans your colon. Why would you want to do that? Because this doctor told us that the average person, and by the way, they'd had like 600,000 people through their door since the 1960s when this, this, this place had been around for 60 years. Wow. And I know one thing, you can fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. That place wouldn't be in business for 60 years if they weren't doing something right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's another common sense deal. And uh, so what ends up happening is he said the average person has six to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material in the colon because of stress, pollution, and processed mm -hmm. food, and garb and all this crap. And it's killing us, literally. And the Royal Society of Medicine said that 85% of disease starts in the colon. Yeah. And after, you know, coaching close to 700 people through this process now myself and, and doing my own healing journey, I concur. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got this crap. Now, here's the deal. There's no way I was going to do that. Because, you know, as convincing as it was, as healthy as he was, I had an ego and I was this guy mentality. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I was scared. Actually, I was I was like, I don't want nobody touching me down there. They're not going to put something up my butt. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I told Charles in the middle of the class, I said, hey, buddy, I came here to help you with all your cancer stuff. And I've done a lot of other things. I'll eat your salad, but I am not doing that deal. <laughs> well, after the three and a half hour lecture, the guy was very smart because he knew there was people in there like me that had egos. Yeah. And that were, then were fearful. Big, strong men that were fearful of actually getting healthy and removing unwanted waste material that's destroying your health and your life and your vitality from the inside out, shortening your shortening your life and the quality of life that you have is diminished tremendously because of this literally crap inside of you. And it stores chemicals and it's just a mess. And um, so he had virtual colonoscopies of four people, three people that were not healthy and one person that had been on this Hippocrates lifestyle for about you know a while. And uh, the first person was a 24-year-old female with Hashimoto's and thyroid disorder. And she also had thrush, which was a yeast infection, which is pretty common today because of the lowered immune systems for women. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeast infections all the time, right? And so they go in their colon. Well, if you're going to take a camera, a virtual colonoscopy, a camera that goes inside your colon and goes up in there and looks, <clears throat> what do you think you're going to see? Well, common sense again tells you you're going to see some brown stuff. That's what you should see. Some right. brown things in there. Guess what? Inside of her colon was white and yellow. It was inflammation. Over, oh, overgrowth so much. And I'm wow. like, God, that don't look good. <clears throat> that don't look good at all. Then they went to the next dude. 
65-year-old male with colon cancer. Inside of his colon, black like midnight tar. And he also had parasites. You can see these white worms crawling around. Wow. And the doctor spins around and says, hey, by the way, because everybody's going, ah, you hear like the audience, it's like a horror movie or something. As soon as they see the parasites, the, like, yeah. the whole crowd in this room was like 50 of us like, ah, you know, and well, I was fear tactic works. I will tell you that much, especially when it comes to things like this, I imagine. Well, I mean, because people don't know and you can't see it. So you think, ah, right. Fine. And, right. you know, you take care of the outside, your skin, your hair, you get all pretty and looking good guys and girls. But, you know, what's going on, on the inside, you can't see it. And it's important. The inside is going to dictate what you look like on the outside. You make comments on my skin. I'm telling you, skin care is great, having good skin care. But if you want to have beautiful skin, you take care of these things called intestinal villi. You take care of the internal skin, which is your yeah. digestive lining. You become a digestive lining expert, which ain't really that hard. Mm-hmm. Like if a redneck from Eastern Oregon can do it, you can do it. <laughs> so literally, um, we're, we're going through this class. And so now and he turns around and said, hey, by the way, these parasite deals, this is not a third world affair, far from it. He says easily over 50% of you during the next three weeks on our life transformation program are going to see these parasites exiting in your stools when you poop in the toilet. And these are like pinworms. He goes, there's tapeworms and pinworms and hookworms. Some of you are, your stools will be all so much fuzzy white little parasites that your poop will look like fuzzy white as they're coming out. Big pockets of them will come out. It's crazy. And he goes, but he goes, that's, just the ones in your intestine. He goes, there's other microscopic ones and amoebas that live intercellularly and in your blood. And I got to tell you, afterwards, I, I researched a little bit because I was like, uh, and I saw an open heart surgery when they went in to open the heart to do a bypass. And when they cut into the wall of the heart, a white parasite pocket exploded. All these parasites explode up. Oh, which my is God. Quite, quite common. Like, you know, dogs get heartworms. Why don't we? We yeah. do. But people don't think about this because we and then we don't we want to it's like dying. We don't think we're ever going to die. Well, and we don't think we're ever going to get parasites. The reality is, is everybody listening to this show, everybody has parasites. OK, you have parasites at some level. Why? Because they're there to do a job when eventually it's time for you to be recycled back into the earth. You know, uh. This is why you have E. coli in your gut. This is why you have salmonella in your gut. Very small amounts. And it's supposed to be there. Yeah, But when your immune system drops and you take antibiotics or you're exposed to chemicals and pesticides and fungicides, herbicides and larvicides and, and glyphosate and PFAS and, and chlorine and chl- chlorine, all these things, yeah. and stress, you destroy these back beneficial bacteria. And then the, and the ones that are there to do a job later down the road, when it's time to recycle your body back in the soil, they get going ahead of time. And then mm-hmm. you compromise your quality of life, and your length of life. So I'm like, oh, my God. Right. And he said all of these parasites are all eating your food, drinking your drinks, urinating and defecating and you creating more acid. And then they're having sex and laying thousands of eggs. Now he's got my attention. I'm like, maybe this colon hydrotherapy thing sounds pretty good. <laughs> then they went to the next one was a 45 year old female with breast cancer. Again, inside of her was black like tar, a little bit of brown stuff, but it didn't look right. Then they went to the healthy person. And then the white pink, not, excuse me, the pink lining of the walls of the colon, you could see them. And there was brown stuff in there. Exactly what you would think would be, and you should see, brown yeah. stuff inside healthy tissue, inside yeah. that healthy tissue of the colon. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I was like, oh, my God, this whole health thing is an inside game. Yeah. And it's just like a truck or a car. If your car's not running right, you don't just keep driving it. Because right. if it's chugging along, I mean, it might get you to where you're going, but it is it, it you know, it, it could break down. 
you know, you could you could have a heart attack, right? It break down, you could have cancer. It could break down, you get psoriasis. It could break down, you get arthritis. It could break down, you get overweight. It could break down, you get low energy. It could break down, you get you know mental fog. Yeah. These are the breakdowns. These and 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 your and your car has got a little check engine light. It's flashing. Are you just gonna ignore it? Right. It's gonna ignore and keep driving it. It could leave you stranded. Okay, you could die. It could it could break down, and if you put it off. Then you finally you finally take it in, and the repair bill is going to be ten times more than what it would have, would have been if you would have got in and taken care of it right when that light started flashing. Those things that I just mentioned earlier are those check body lights flashing: low yeah. energy fatigue, mental fog, weight gain, um, arthritis, fibromyalgia. I mean, you can't you call it whatever you want, right? You, you know these autoimmune disorders—they're just a catch basin of terms that doctors don't know what it is. So the reality is, is that all this stuff um starts in the colon like literally it's like the epicenter so i got the message loud and clear and i jumped up in the middle of class and he's like oh we're gonna, and i signed up first one so the next day i do the colon hydrotherapy session and guess what i dropped 11 pounds of impacted fecal material they weighed me before and afterwards now the wow. record at the place hold your hats on this one was and of course they've done this to six hundred thousand people the record was a woman who had dropped 27 pounds of disgusting fecal material that had impacted on her colon in one session. Wow. I mean, and for wow. me, I'm a very visual person, which I, I've learned about 70% of people are visual. And so when I, I thought about 27 pounds, what literally went through my mind was a 25 pound dumbbell. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. That's what she had inside of her. And I also thought about my, I go, what else weighs 27 pounds? Like my dog, my dog, I was like thinking a, that same thing or like my child, I mean, my child's like over 35 pounds now, but like, you know, a year ago yeah, or whatever. It's, yeah. It's like a small yeah. medium sized dog falling out of your butt. <laughs> Picture this. Okay. And this is disease causing funk and gunk and junk that's just setting inside because people don't realize like the colon's five to seven feet long, but then the surface area is bigger. If you take the entire intestinal tract, your, your small and large intestine, and you spread out the surface area. It's size. I've heard different stories between one to two tennis courts uh -huh. in certain yeah. surface area. So all that could be coated with a little bit of funk and gunk and junk, and all adds up to six to 12 pounds average. This is why it's so important to clean out your colon and detox and start detoxing. And then you start working on the other organs. So what ends up happening? So my acid reflux is gone. I drop 11 pounds in this first week. I come back home. I feel better. My friend ends up healing himself of this incurable cancer with no chemo, no surgery, no radiation, right in front of my face. I started growing sprouts. I became, uh, I'm this, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the biggest sprout fanatic. Why? Because it's the cheapest medicine on the planet, phytochemicals, yeah. hormones, oxygen. And when you cut a sprout or a plant, it starts dying immediately. The enzymes in 30 minutes, uh, it was the University of Berkeley in California, tested enzyme activity and head of lettuce in the ground, harvested it. And then like 32 minutes later, tested again, 50 is like a 50% drop in enzymes. Wow. In, in, in like 30 in like 30 minutes. So what do you think that happens when it goes into a storage container and then to a truck and then ship on average 1,500, 2,500 miles to a store near you? You pick it up. And then, you know, if you eat it that way, you, you maybe get some vitamins, a little bit of minerals, trace minerals. But most of the life force is gone. Oh, so I was gonna, yeah, because I was going to ask you, I mean, I buy broccoli sprouts at my natural market, you know, every week or whatever. But is it I mean, no, those are good because they're still alive. Oh, okay. bro like broccoli sprouts and alfalfa sprouts and radish sprouts and red clover sprouts. Those are good as long as they're the ones that were grown with the seed, no soil. Got it. If they okay. grew it in soil and cut it, AKA microgreens, mm -hmm. then those are still nutritious, but they start dropping off. You lose a lot of that hormones, the oxygen, the phytochemicals and the enzymes. 
but it's better than you know because uh, it's probably locally grown and, and uh, or close to it. So anyway, we come back home. I become fanatical about this because I'm on, I'm on a mission to help my friend heal, and he does. He literally heals himself. And in 2012, we ran the Portland Marathon together. His idea, not mine. Uh-huh. And we finished. We finished together. In this, it was one of the most epic moments of my life. I was exhausted, um, and he was running, and he still had cancer. And I remember we ran with a, a lymphoma leukemia society, which is a pretty darn good organization where you run to raise money for your friends um, that have cancer or loved ones. And Charles was the only person that actually had cancer that was running. Normally, it's somebody like you and me that's running for a friend. Right. And they were, I, I could, you know, because I'm off to the side and Charles over there like, what's he doing out here? Yeah. He should be home. He should be home resting. And I'm thinking we're training and he's kicking your butts. Right. Six months later, Charles was cancer free. That's what ended up happening. Amazing. And he got to see his son graduate high school. He went to father son weekend at Oregon State University. His son became a real estate agent, sold Charles his current home he's in. He got a new relationship, went from bankruptcy and cancer, bad relationship to, you know, successful business guy, uh, new relationship, no cancer. And um, the thing about it is, is that here's one of the big takeaways. When you get diagnosed with cancer or something like that, typically what's going to happen is you're going to go into fear mode because you don't know what you don't know. Right. You are not tapped into the power of the body. You don't understand that we've been polluted. You don't understand so much about stress. You don't have the strategy for this. And you don't understand how to neutrify yourself. So in, in, in fear mode, you're not going to heal. I'm telling you right now, if you are in fear mode, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you do and how many sprouts you eat and juice, green juices you do. And I'm a big proponent of green juice. Like two green juices a day, I never miss. I've never, I just don't miss. Another ladies for your skin, right? So it's our number one sellers are green 85 juice formula because I have made a big deal about it. And I made, I made fresh juice for five and a half years twice a day. Clean yeah. the juicer. I can make juice for me and my wife. For two of us, wheatgrass shots and two 16-ounce green juices with sprouts that I grew myself and cut with cucumber and celery in 17 minutes flat and clean the juicer. It sucked at first because it took an hour, but go ahead. Can I ask you a question about that specifically? So I think this is the perfect example of how there can be a lot of nutritional confusion around this kind of stuff. So um, I completely love what you're saying, especially about the juices. And it was this past fall when I discovered celery juice and I was doing that first thing in the morning and I felt amazing. And I think that it was helping my digestive system. Spoil alert. I had to take a break from it because it was just very laborious. So I'd love to pick your brain on that side of things. But I was listening to a podcast today um, with Kristen Cavallari, love her. I don't know if you know her from like Laguna beach and stuff, but she, um, let's be honest. It's her podcast. It's great. But she was interviewing her functional medicine doctor. And she was saying how she started her day every day with green juice. And he told her not to do that, that instead he would prefer everybody start their day with protein and healthy fat. And from like a metabolism and a blood sugar balance and a, you know, cortisol mitigation perspective. I think that that's where he's coming from, but he like, you know, he was talking about eggs and avocado or like a Turkey scramble or, um, well, let's just hold on there because like, this is the stuff like it, it all depends, right? Uh Like Uh the first thing is like, like one thing that like, and my shirt says ingredients matter. Like you said, like 
I have not met anybody that nitpicks everything as much as I do because I, when I found out that I was being lied to with what was in the food, that I actually took the, the government took my tax dollars mm-hmm. and paid the FDA to supposedly protect me from food, and I found out the po- food in there is poison. Either mm-hmm. they suck at their job or the top is corrupted. It's probably you know because there's a lot of, whatever. Could but be the bad. bottom line yeah. is is like processed foods are killing forty three hundred people a day. Right. Turkey, as an example, turkeys have been hybrid so much. They can't even have sex. They're so fat. So mm. all turkeys have to be artificially inseminated mm. on a commercial market. So if it's not natural and wild, I don't want to have anything to do with it. If, if I'm eating an animal that can't even have sex, why would you eat that animal? Right. Right. So anyway, so that's just one thing. Yeah. But the, here's the deal. It's like this institute is an example. The, the, I'll give you an example. The, the owners, Brian and Anna Maria Clement, they're both doctors. They have done the green juice. They actually pioneered this back with Victoris Kolvinskis back in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's been modified over time because Ann Wigmore, who started this whole thing, she would, when people would show up at the Institute, they would literally hand somebody like 14 ounces of wheatgrass juice. Mm. And then and then wow. people, I mean, it's a lot. It's way that, more. Yeah, unique. that sounds like I would be holding my nose. While oh, I... it's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> I, it's like, it's you can't do it. I mean, I mean, people were. Because they had cancer and they was, you know, it's like, it's almost another torture of like chemo. But he said, this is why people would hide in the rooms after the first, when they walked up. So they switched and they're like, aunt, what we want to do is we want to, um, you know, like take the wheatgrass down. No, wheatgrass heals. We must do wheatgrass. You know, that's yeah. where she was. And she, yeah. And, and he's like, no, 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 we're not going to stop. We're going to do wheatgrass. And they found out that actually two ounces twice a day is optimal for seven years to rebuild every cell in your body. And then after seven years doing it twice a day, then you go to uh, two ounces once a day for maintenance on the wheatgrass. But they added in the green juice. So we're like, we're going to get more greens into them because they're not going to be hiding in their room. And then she was like, "Um, okay. And so she went with it. And so that's the protocol they've been following for like 60 years. So they do the wheatgrass shots first and then followed by a green juice. Okay. Uh Now to answer that question, the only people up front that need to be concerned about only doing juice in the morning is people that are bulimic, as an example. Um, uh, we're not giving you, you know, permission to not eat. Anorexics, again, not giving you permission to not eat. Uh-huh. And type 2 diabetics could be one of the because their blood sugars are kind of all over the place. Right. So for a type two diabetic in the meat, in, in the beginning, they would have them like eat a monolithic diet. What that means they'd eat one thing. So they'd have uh-huh. them have just a green leafy salad or just a bowl of quinoa, maybe a little bit of cinnamon on it or something, right? Mm-hmm. Monolithic one food source and do the green juices first, then eat the breakfast. And then, you know, after two, three, four weeks, a month or two. And w- w- what they would see was in three weeks, like, Ah, God, it was a large percentage. I think it was like um, 70, 75%, maybe 80% of type 2 diabetics were off all insulin. Wow. And maybe 5 to 20% of them still had to do, they, they had lower doses, but they had to titrate a little bit just because they'd been on it so long, right? And they, they damaged their system so much. But totally, type 2 diabetes is not even a disease. It can be turned around. So it's a, it's a lifestyle deal, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So the green juices also can't be full of sugar. It can't be like, beets and carrots and this kind of stuff um and then you know a cucumber or a piece of celery so right. what they what they promoted was cucumber celery and then sunflower and pea sprouts 
right? Mm-hmm. And then they would have, you could add in garlic juice. They had uh, ginger juice there, turmeric juice. Um, and then three days a week, uh, blue-green algaes that actually come from, uh, which is the great-great-grandfather of all uh, omegas, like the freshwater algaes, right? Yeah. So you want, if you're going to do apple, do a green apple because it's much lower in uh, sugar content. Yeah. Uh, much, much lower. And it also is proper food combined. If you put a red apple with a cucumber or celery, it's improper food combined. You never want to mix fruits and vegetables. There are some rare occasions like the green apple deal. Um, you know, and there's also certain things like avocados that go both ways. Um, yeah. Avocados can be a go with fruits or vegetables. Garlic can do that. Onions can do that. Uh, uh, edible flowers from the lily flower family can do that. They, they kind of go both ways. But for the most part, you want to stay away from fruits and vegetables together because they digest at different speeds and require different enzymes to process through the gut. All right. So back to the green juice. If you do a healthy green juice, um, yeah, I, I that's what I've been doing for I, I don't eat breakfast anymore. There's no way because it, it's like I, 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 I it's, you know, the whole fasting thing, right, has come around. People are. Yeah. And that's the thing. And what other thing is we don't want to eat heavy foods until after 11 a.m. And then stop eating at six. That's a really great window to start with with people. So you replace the heavy food because the reality is, is like, let's say you eat that turkey burger that guy was talking about or an avocado with some eggs. Yeah, that sounds freaking good. It's not so much about what you start doing. Mm -hmm. It's about stopping the crap that's killing you in the first place. Right. Period. You can't keep eating your crappy processed, shitty, denatured, pesticide sprayed foods and expect. To, to heal yourself. Yeah. It's like you have to stop doing what was causing your problem in the first place. And then you can change and you change over to healthier options. And then you need lots of detoxification. And I learned this a long time ago. I was listening to this chiropractor talk. And he said, look, in the 1970s, the Great Lakes, all of a sudden the fish started dying in the Great Lakes. They just started washing up on the banks, all these mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. You think that the biologists thought to themselves, or I mean, actually, he said, what do you think people were thinking? And the biologists were thinking, everybody was thinking, what's in the water that was killing the fish? It's common sense, right? What's yeah. killing these damn fish? What's in the water? Yeah. But, and then, and then it got worse, but he said, that's not how we do it with humans. Mm. With humans, we're like, oh. Let's pump you full of chemicals. Let's give you some chemotherapy. Let's give you a synthetic drug. Let's do this. Don't change anything. Don't think about the environment. Well, and as silly as it sounds, imagine this. You think of the biologists were like, oh my God, the fish are dying. Let's catch all the fish and we'll set up little gurneys around the side of the lake and we'll start putting chemotherapy in them and we'll give them, you know, all these synthetic drugs and we'll help heal them. It's laughable when you think about it like that. That's exactly what they're doing to us. And then the fish, then the birds were coming down, eating the fish, then the birds' eggs were getting thin shells, and those birds were dying too because they, they couldn't procreate because the eggs were the shells were so so thin. So we're all connected. Yeah. And again, was it do, do, do those birds need chemotherapy? Do the birds need synthetic drugs? No. It was the environment. They were eating these toxic fish that were in some toxic water. It was the freaking chemicals. I love that right? you brought yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I just watched over the weekend, the Netflix documentary about the blue zones. And one of the episodes was talking about this man who was from Greece, but then he moved to America with like raise his family and, you know, chase after the American dream or whatever. And then in his like late thirties or early forties, I want to say he 
developed lung cancer and the doctors gave him six months to live. And this was probably in the 50s or 60s. So he was like, okay, well, um, we have a choice here. And so he and his wife moved back to Greece with their kids so that they, um, he could pass away in his homeland. Yeah. He never died. He's still (laughs) alive. He's like 102. And he was like, I didn't do anything else, but change my environment. And, um, I mean, it gives me chills thinking about it, but it's also so frustrating because there's only so much that we can control in our environment. So I would love to hear from you, like, what are maybe like three to five, like baby steps that we can take in order to reduce the toxic load of our lives. Okay. And, you know, some of these are going to be very inexpensive. Some are going to cost nothing and some are going to be expensive. Okay. So it takes time. I've, I've been at this for 13 years. That's all I've been doing is doing this. So the first thing you want to look at is what are we? What are we? Well, all life on this planet comes from the sun. Do you agree? Because mm. if without the sun, we would be a frozen ice cube floating through space. There would be no life, right? True. Yeah. And, and if you and some people are, no, it's God. Well, God put the sun here. Okay. So via God, this through the sun, the sun rains down these things called photons, and they're captured on the leaf of a plant via photosynthesis. Now I remember when I went to Hippocrates, this lady was like, "Tim, you're a living light being." And I'm like, "This lady's crazy. She's one of these woo-woo people." She was right. We are made of light. The photons are captured on the leaf of a plant. This is where all life begins. We are living light beings. We're literally made of light. And so I got blown away by this when I, when I, when I got out of my ego mode mm-hmm. and, um, and thought that oh, all of a sudden all, most of the woo stuff was like legit and everything that I was taught was BS. Um, so think about it when you inside of your home, what kind of lighting do you have? Mm-hmm. If you have, like LEDs, certain types, and you have fluorescence, these are toxic. And there's so much proof on this. Like even years ago, the car manufacturers took fluorescence out of there because there, there's no windows in these car manufacturing plants. Fluorescent toxic lights. They took out the fluorescent lights and they put in full spectrum and wide spectrum. What did they see happening to the employees? They, 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 were, they had better um, moods. Their moods improved. They got along with more employees, other employees. They had less sick time, less time off. So they, they were more productive and less less mistakes and less accidents simply by changing the light. Wow. And when you when you change your light and you get off of fluorescence and these toxic lights and you put in a full spectrum or wide spectrum light, then all of a sudden you're getting more of a natural light. It's important. Okay, that's one. Number two, air. We breathe about 400 gallons of air an hour. We don't think about it. That's a lot. 400 gallons. What kind of air, what kind of air are you breathing? So if you live in a home, you know, probably 99% chance your, your home is like 10 to a hundred times more polluted than downtown LA. Think about that. You wouldn't even think about this. If you have a a not natural fiber carpet, which is mostly polyester synthetic stuff, it's off gassing toxins. One of them is formaldehyde. You're literally embalming yourself and your family slowly when you breathe in air from carpet. So you, your paint, when you paint a home that, oh, let's paint the baby room blue. We got a little baby boy for four and a half years. You're off gassing toxic estrogen mimicking chemicals into your new son or your daughter, yeah. right? As it's off gassing and you can't see it. Right. But we, I have a friend and Andrew Pace that owns the green design center. He works in hospitals. And when they would paint rooms, when they paint in the hospitals, some doctors and nurses couldn't even come to work for a, for a few days or a week because 
And his patients were like, whoa, they're getting all sick. So he would come in with his paintings, let me show you. And all the doctors and nurses had no problems whatsoever. Completely clean paint. Not just this no VOC things. That's that's like a BS thing. Like the USDA label now is completely compromised. They're allowing 6,000 new chemicals to be made every year. Uh, it's stupid. So, so you want to get your air right. What's the first thing you can do? Crack your windows in your home, even in a snowstorm, and get fresh air moving through your home. These Ooh, energy like efficient... These energy-efficient homes are toxic coffins. They're killing you and your family. The I feel like my husband would you. kill me if I did that. What's that? <laughs> open my window when the heat's blasting. Yeah, well, there are I other mean, options. I, I, like yeah. on my, I did a deep dive for about a year, and I, I've got a really good air purification system. That's At what least, I was going to ask you. Yeah, air purification. Yeah, it's on, it's, it's, on, it's on our side under Tim's favorites. And it's like I found this like industrial-type model that fits in your home. And it's like the volume of air that goes through it is awesome because a lot of these like HEPA filters, amazing, right? Yeah. They're good. Um, there's charcoal filters, right? You've seen those. Um, and, um, and and there's – so this filter um, it has it, carbon. Carbon's another one they run stuff through, right? We're carbon-based people. I can't remember the, the amount, but most of these are like a pound of carbon in a filter. This one has like 15 pounds. So it's able to process more, but this one also has zeolites in it. So this one will actually catch those formaldehydes from carpet, right? So that's important. Yeah, and it also yeah. and it also has a HEPA filter. So we've got a pre-filter, pre-filter, like 15 times the carbon. We've got the zeolite matrix in there to catch the some of these weird ones like the the um, formaldehydes from carpet. And then it's got a whole HEPA, a HEPA filter in it as well. And you just, and what I like about it too is it's industrial. It's metal. It's not plastic. There's no lights on it. So if you put it in your bedroom, you don't have to go put tape over it and block the light because you want your room as dark as possible so yeah. you can sleep better. It's it's like off level three, level two, level one. And you okay. just turn it on and you don't shut it off ever. And then okay. about three to five years, depending on how much pollution you have, and then you switch out the, 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 you know, the carbon deal that's in there. And that's about it. And these are also excellent for wildfire. Unbelievable for wildfire. But at least in your bedroom, get your air right. And you, if you use a like a whoop band or an aura ring, yeah, you get, you get one of these air filters. You start cracking your windows. You'll see your sleep improve, and wow. your life will improve. So it's just one thing. So okay, so we've talked about light. We've talked about air. We go to water. Now yeah. water's where water's where it can get a little spendy. Um, okay. I've been on this search for water forever. On my site right now, I have some. I think quantum units that are amazing but the 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 guy who made them um he's basically tied up with some family stuff so we put them on there just because i talked to a few people in my inner circle call and people wanted them but we don't have all the details yet we haven't put down the testing to show that it removes the glyphosate we haven't put the installation things we think that those are going to be um awesome uh, i haven't really i'm not marketing them yet but yeah. so i went through it but at least you can get like a um you know on the cheap, you can go down to the local grocery store, use gallon glass jars, and you can pack single purified water. I'd get deep uh, um, dis distilled water. Mm -hmm. okay. I know there's a big there's a big bunch of stuff on that, but I have a huge document on the distilled water that cleans up the myth. And I, I for a long time I'm like I don't know about that stuff, but um, I do know a family that's been doing distilled water forever, and they're 40 years. Their kids never got sick. I mean, kind of works. Yeah, but there's also another level to it where this water's restructured. We want to make sure all the chemicals are out. So if you do distillation once, you're going to pull out 90% of those chemicals. 
So that's better than nothing. You can pack your water for 25 to 50 cents a gallon. That's would be on the cheap. Um, and then you could get like a water system like the one we have. And then when the water goes through it renders it's quantum. So it changes all the uh, chemicals back to their elemental state and then structures the water. So it's more absorbable in the human body. Wow. These, it, it actually gives you more charge on the skin. We're, we're, we're going to put a test together to show how you can take a, um, that's like an electrician's like tester and you yeah. can test the, um, uh, it's not a galvanic meter. That's for, that's for the, uh, testing, uh, mercury in the teeth and stuff that mounts, but it's, um, I think it's millivolts or something. Anyway, the average person's like three to 5,000, but when you drink our water, it goes up through the thing. It goes up to like, like, I think it's a million to 3 million. It's insane. Wow. And we have this full vacuuming you take and it takes up to 15 million. So we're working on some pretty cool stuff over here, but yeah. I don't have all that done yet. I'm not putting my super duper stamp of approval, but we've seen my, our microgreen grower, his greens are growing more. The water, the terrible Californian, absolute terrible water. He put the thing on the, um, the hose, the three quarter inch model and put it on two hoses and just, you know, sprinklers. Yeah. It was a dying pomegranate uh, orchard and the pomegranates are back to life and they're pumping up and he hasn't even fertilized. Just the water was changed. Right. So, so water is important. And then the last thing would be food, get your food, fresh, local, buy local, vote with your dollars, vote with your dollars, vote with your dollars. Yeah. Vote with your freaking dollars, go to CSAs, uh, local farmers markets, get to know your farmers, ask them, make sure they're not putting any chemicals on their produce, on their food, any of that stuff. Grow your own stuff. Get your own herbs going on your countertop. Grow your sprouts. Um, get the freshest food you possibly can. Stay away from processed junk. That's what I, those are the things that I'd recommend. And that's so powerful. And I want to kind of hone in on number four because, and I think that your story will help to provide some insight um, because if I understand it correctly, I mean, you haven't always been this way. Like you uh, grew up in kind of like a traditional standard American diet, correct? Um, yeah, that's why I was so sick. Yeah, exactly. So when you started to make these changes, because I think that, you know, all of the things around the food and nutrition and growing your own food and getting the freshest food possible, I, I think that there's a, a lot of like logistical and unfortunately like convenience barriers for a lot of people in this country. And well, there's let almost, me just interject here. Yeah. Please. Getting chemotherapy and um, getting, uh, you know, going in because your kidneys are shutting down and getting yeah. dialysis is not convenient. Right. Having a shitty quality of life and being in pain 24-7 is not convenient. Being a burden on your family is definitely not convenient. Okay, I'm taking care of my parents right now. They're both 84. Um, my dad just had cancer removed from his head yesterday. So I'm in there putting mm -hmm. stuff and doctoring him. My mom fell eight months ago. I yeah. became her caretaker. If you don't have your health, it doesn't affect just you. That was my big takeaway. It's the first time I forgot. This is what I learned when I was in the hospital in Lima. My poor health doesn't affect just me. It affects right. everybody else around me. I ruined that vacation for her dad, my wife's dad, and her, and me. But it wasn't yeah. just about me. It was about them. I spent thousands of dollars in a year in planning to put this wonderful vacation together. We were having the best time of our life. It was unbelievable out in nature. And I destroyed it because I didn't take care of my health. Right. We have got to take 100 percent responsibility for every aspect of everything going on in our lives. Quit yeah. blaming other people, even if they're douchebags. So what? <laughs> Stop hanging out with them. Right. Well, and that's the perfect segue. I would love to know, like, did you 
receive any pushback or did people make fun of you or did people yes. call you out? Like, yes. how did you navigate that? Were you just like F you or did you have to? Kind well, of it was, it was, it was it? kind of hard because in 60 days I dropped 42 pounds. I looked right. like a whole different person and I was running around telling everybody, Charles is going to heal. We're drinking, we're eat, I'm growing sprouts and eating them and they're, they got living foods and I'm doing green juices and you can heal with wheatgrass shots and green juices. And yeah. literally my friends later told me they thought I literally lost my eyes because I told them can't Charles is going to heal a cancer naturally. Yeah. Yeah. All my friends, my business associates, very smart people, very well educated. Many of them have been to Harvard and Yale and business schools and lawyers and, you know, you know, University of Oregon, all this stuff. They thought they told me they thought I was nuts. Yeah. 60 days later, one of them came over to my house and they were like, they saw me and they're like, dude, what, what the hell happened? How, you, what happened? Because right. when you go from 42 pounds less than 60 days, it gets people's attention. Yeah. And because of that, John was like, will you grow some of these sprouts for me? And reluctantly, I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't want to. And then the next day he brings Eric over. He's like, tell him your spiel. And I told him about what I experienced in Hippocrates and what's going on with Charles. And he's like, yeah, you grow me some sprouts. And before too long, I just, these, these two guys and Charles and me, I'm running around telling everybody, people just started coming to my house and knocking on my door with cancer. I want, I need help. Mm. I want to, I want to hear your story. And me and my wife, uh, one night we're going out for, um, you know, a date night on a Friday. And right when we're opening the door, I open the door and there's this lady there. And you could tell she'd been blasted with chemo and her husband's behind her. And she's like, I need to talk to you. I heard you could help me. No. And I'm like, and I was just like, uh, honey, we're going to have to put this off to the side. I got to help this lady. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. Right. I'm yeah. Just yeah. Trying to get healthy in these stories. And then as Charles got healthier and he healed, he's, all his, we had big circles of influence. We were pretty plugged into the business community there. And world, world, word travels fast because everybody's fat and sick like I was, right? And a lot of people yeah. were getting cancer. And before too long, I told my wife, I'm like, after that lady showed up, I'm like, maybe I should just, I just need to make a class once a, once a week. And then anybody that wants to come, because they were showing up every week. People just yeah. out of the nowhere show up my house or call me. And I was like, well, come on over and I'll tell you my spiel. And so- um, so we started teaching classes on Wednesdays, really quickly, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then five years, five and a half years later, I had 5,500 people in my house. Wow. Using detox, nutrition, living food, dinner. So I had these people, I'd given this whole experience. I didn't charge people for the first two and a half years. I was probably spending 800 to a thousand dollars on food, but I'm telling you, I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get off work as a financial advisor, run down to the farmer's market, buy all this fresh food, take it in there, teach these people, make the wheatgrass yeah. shot, give them a green juice. And then feed this living food diet full of sprouts and all this yummy stuff that I learned. And then people would call me like a week later or three days later, like, Tim, I still have energy from that one evening at your house. And I'm like, yeah, can you imagine how you're going to feel when you do it every day like me? Let's go, you know? And it's yeah. like, and then when Charles healed himself, our story even got more powerful. And it was, it was insane. And I was like speaking at hospitals and churches and apartment complexes, anywhere somebody would listen, I would go to uh, natural grocers and I started doing food. They wouldn't let me come in and speak because I had no education, formal education as a naturopath or a dietitian or a nutritionist. But right. the lady was like, but Tim, she's like, you could, you could actually do a food prep class. We can have you do food prep. And I was like, food prep. And I'm like, well, I'm already kind of prepping food. And I, I became a chef. Yeah. I, became a, I became a chef and I've always loved making my own food. I didn't want what my mom, my, my dad forced us to eat. Yeah. So I was always like making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before he'd come and he'd get pissed. But I, I was the master. Nobody can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich faster <laughs> than me because I then I hide it. And then yeah. 
And so I started, what I would do is I would just teach these, oh, I'm going to show you how to make healthy dairy alternatives, or I teach a class on, you know, whatever. Um, and then I would just educate them like I was going to do anyway. I'd pass out the thing, make the food, do the whole presentation. And then people loved it. And I literally had a bunch of these women about 60 to 75. They became my groupies because I, I grew up like in Eastern Oregon in the 70s, but it's like 20, 30 years repressed. So it was like the 50s. And yeah. I, know, I just res I resonated really well with women in their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s for some reason. And so they they literally I had this whole like group of women that would tell their and it just kept growing and growing. And it was pretty cool. And they were really awesome people and you know because they were feeling the pains of 60 70 years of the standard american diet and a broken medical system and they were feeling better and these solutions were working so they were eyes wide open ears open and they were listening and what's next and they were some of them would have friends travel from you know 100 200 miles to come in and hear these talks and so it's obvious to me when i went back actually because i was mm -hmm. wondering how many people percentage wise were women versus men 70% mm -hmm. of the people coming to my classes were women, 30% were men. And that's when I realized that men are smarter than women. And it is what it is. And I, I also know that women are actually the ones buying the food mostly. They're the ones running the families. The guys don't seem to care. Um, right. I, I actually had a lady come in. I said, hey, there's two of you, you and your husband. She's like, where's your husband at? And he, she, she, oh, he's out in the car. Well, no. why is he coming in? And she's like, oh, no, he ain't coming in here because he heard it's all. There's no meat. And I was yeah. like, what? So I went out and talked to him and he was like deathly scared. I'm like, dude, have you ever ate an apple before? Well, yeah. Okay. So what's the big deal? They had, you ate a carrot, you ate celery. You know, I'm like, I said, I got a delicious meal in here for you. You know, it's like, get your ass in here. He wouldn't yeah. come in. <laughs> That's so funny. It, it, was the yeah. it was the ego and the fear. And yeah. it's like, I went through that whole thing, vegan, plant-based stuff. Um, now what I do is like, I just talk about fresh food. I'll eat a little bit of meat here, but I'm probably 98%, you know, fresh plants and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if somebody, I, I'm not a freak show about it anymore because if somebody catches a tuna and smokes it themselves and says, here, have a piece. Yeah. I'm probably going to eat it, but I don't eat it on the daily because I've already added meat back in and it didn't make me feel as good, but a little bit here and there, eh, I feel okay about that. So, so it's what, just like, what, yeah. whatever. Well, so what about all of this like protein talk? You know, I mean, you get on Instagram and you can't avoid it. I mean, it's like hundred. Well, it's, it's been going on for seventy years. It's a, yeah. it's a sales job to sell for the for the meat and dairy industry. Most people don't know that the, it was the Cattlemen's Association that funded and pushed the uh, paleo movement. Huh. So it wasn't like something that just sprang out. It was a, a, a completely designed movement to sell more meat. That's what it was designed to do. Um, and I've, I'm in the trenches working with people on the daily. What I do see, and I have seen for the last five to ten years is kidney dialysis clinics are popping up in a local you know, neighborhood near you because everybody's kidneys are failing from the overconsumption of proteins. Period. Yeah. I, I, I was working with um, someone earlier last year just about like macro balancing and stuff. That's kind of another story. But um, I had gotten some blood work like a couple months into that process and – I feel as if like my kidney numbers and markers always are kind of like a red flag. Um, so for me specifically, I was like, I can't be consuming the recommended 100 to 120 grams of protein every day. I don't feel like my body individually can handle it. And I did feel so much better when I had to cut back. So I have to kind of plug my ears with all of this nutritional noise that you 
kind of here around and just know that what works best for my body isn't going to be the same as what everybody else is touting. Yeah. Well, you, you'll see people on, on YouTube and places like this, like in TikTok and Instagram, like Jordan yeah. Peterson. Most people know him. His daughter had some severe allergy issues. She went completely carnivore, supposedly heals herself. She right. feels better, right? Yeah. He does the same thing and he, he feels great too. So he's like, I'm just eating meat. Okay, I get it. I understand. When you're in pain, you feel like shit. You eat and you you eat meat and you feel great. You're going to be like, oh, it was the meat that did it. Yeah. That's not what did it. Because they Again, had to remove everything was, else, right? What, what what happened prior to that 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 event? What happened prior to that event was they these people had a tremendous amount of stress in their life, number one. Yeah. Number two, they've completely polluted, like everybody on this planet. I mean, 72% of the rainwater has glyphosate in it that will destroy your gut. Okay, yeah. Example. So yeah. It's sprayed on the wheat here as well. No other purpose that helps the wheat grow better for production or something. Um, so we're completely polluted. Again, we look at things like chlorine in the water, the microplastics. I mean, micro the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, where there's that all the all that plastic out in the Pacific Ocean that's so big, it's like a landmass that sometimes some bigger ship they have to plant forces around it to not go through it. And the micro, when the sun and the UVA rays hit this stuff, or you drink out of plastic bottles, or you wear lycra bras, or you're wearing tidy whitey cotton underwear, guys, that were, you know, not organic, sprayed. Cotton is the second most sprayed crop in the world. All these are estrogen mimickers. These estrogen mimickers are so tiny, they go up into the clouds and rain, and they're so pervasive today that 1,500 miles into the interior, water researchers are showing that the two and two and a half inch fish now have male and female organs. They're turning into hermaphrodites. Why? Because of the high amount of estrogen-mimicking microplastics in the water 1,500 miles away from man. Wow. You can't escape this stuff, okay? Yeah. And then the third thing is, is the deficiency in the nutrients. The skin of the soil, the skin of the earth, a living creature. The earth is a living creature. When you pan away from it, the rivers turn into veins and capillaries, and the, the, the clouds work as an iris, to allow heat and keep the constant heat. The earth is living and our soils have been raped. Okay, 85% of the nutrition is gone. That's why we have this little green powder here we've been selling for eight years called mm -hmm. Green 85. It's designed to replace the 85% that's missing in the soil mm -hmm. and make it convenient so people don't have to spend 45 minutes making the juice and cleaning the juicer because I already know because I've had thousands of people and I've sold lots of juicers for these juicing companies, but one out of 10 will stick with it. Why? Because... I don't want to clean the damn juicer was the number one answer. It is so, kind of a pain. <laughs> yeah. So we made this powder to get people through and then maybe they yeah. can just make a fresh juice on the weekends or something. Okay? Yeah. So the water is freaking polluted. These people are polluted and they're deficient in nutrients. So stressed, polluted, six, 12 pounds of impact, big material too. And yeah. then number three is they're deficient in nutrients. This is why they can't eat some vegetables right now. And when they go to a carnivore diet for a small percentage of these people, they're all of a sudden better. They, they seal. But here's the problem. If you eat just meat, you're not going to have a long life. Right. That's just what's going to happen. There's really, there's a lot of nutrients that are not missing. And if you look at our teeth and you look at our digestive tract and the length of it, um, and you look at like the tooth samples where they took all this tooth from the hominids and us and all this for years. And they've looked at them under a microscope. They actually were actually amazing enough with the geologists. And they noticed that we ate mostly plants but in times of drought, we were, or there was more pitting in the teeth from, from eating more seeds and nuts, mm. right? So we are, we, we are on, we can eat both, 
but we're supposed to have primarily a, a plant-based diet. But here's the thing. I call it the phytonutrient override. Mm. And this is the living foods. The living foods are the phytonutrient override. And the Hippocrates Center is a perfect example because when you go there, 50% of your food by weight or more is sprouts and 50% of the juice is living sprout juice. And it doesn't matter what your blood type is, blah, 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 blah. They put people on that from all walks of life, all different ages, and pretty much everybody gets better. Wow. Pretty much everybody gets better because they help you get learn about the stress, putting practices in your life to get rid of stress, like meditation, getting out in nature, you know, clearing your mind, getting rid of negative people in your life. That's part of the detox process. Mm, um, I like that. Actually, a side note. I just met with a guy and he told me he's a doctor and he said he knows this other doctor has a hundred percent cure rate with cancer patients. And you know what his requirement is that you do? Otherwise he won't take you on as a patient. You have to go through this extensive questionnaire in the people in your life and they identify the person that's the biggest problem. And you, he will not work with you unless you literally cut them completely out of their life and never talk to them again. That's tough. But, but guess what? You heal. That person huh. is part of the problem that was killing you. Is it what if it's a parent been? or what if it's you gotta like, go? Well, husband. if you're going to be dead, you're going to be dead. So it's, but it, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a strategy that actually this guy is using and it works. This is to prove the power of getting rid of people in your life that are not serving you, that are not lifting you up, that are dragging you down emotionally. Cause those emotions turn into a physical chemical reaction in your body. Your body's a chemical factory, right? So that was a side note, but now back to this, carnivore vegan deal people got to go with what works for them what i do as a coach is i just get people eating fresher cleaner foods with no toxins in it yeah, that's I what we that. do we focus deep on the detoxification i don't really care what you're eating in the beginning i go we don't have your foundation in place yet. we're going to get you on lots of clean water we're going to get your air right your your light right we're going to get your light right we're going to get you right we're going to start reducing your stress and we're going to eat, have you eat fresher foods. We're going to do two green juices a day, no matter what. And uh, unless you had an allergic reaction to it, then we'll go to something else to get nutrition in you, right? I go to Fulvix and Humix at that point in time. We we'll usually do both in the beginning. Um, and then after a while, what I'll do, after I've coached somebody for four to six months, I'll be like, okay, let's do a 30-day plant-based challenge. And then they're usually like, okay, let's do it. So we, do, we have them do all plants for 30 days. And then at the end of 30 days, I'm like, great job. How do you feel? I feel awesome. Okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to go celebrate. I want you to go to your favorite restaurant, get your ribeye steak, your potatoes, knock yourself out, have some cheesecake, do whatever. And guess what happens? They feel terrible. They Yeah, they feel sick. Yeah. They call me back the next day and they're like, dude, I feel like a train hit me. And see, now they've got it. They have first person experience. It isn't Tim over there going, meat's bad. Don't eat it. Well, right. I mean, I can show unequivocally, it's not great to eat a lot of it, right? Unequiv my own, all these people I've coached and stuff, but you don't lead with that with people. You let them discover it. And then what I do is like once they do, because I mean, there's people like Dr. Michael Greger, his 2012 talk, um, Uprooting the Leading Causes of Death. He talks about something called endotoxemia. So when you eat meat, it's not necessarily the meat that's bad. It's the bacteria in the meat that's decomposing the meat. Right. Remember those bacteria, those parasites and the harmful organism I was talking about earlier. They're sitting there yeah. waiting. They're waiting until you're going to die and they're going to do their job and decompose you. Well, when you kill an animal, it's the, those those things go crazy and they start eating up the decompose. They decompose the flesh to take it back into the soil. So when you when you consume meat, 
the fat in the meat is transporting these these um, harmful organisms, these these uh, bacterium and stuff. And then your your it's called endotoxemia, and in your blood it turns like yellow and white for like four hours. And it's a process where your body's got to clean up your blood again. And then it's lunchtime and you do it again. Then it's dinner time. So we're in this constant state of endotoxemia, which is a tremendous amount of energy and burden on the immune system. This is why I'm saying plants don't cause this issue, but you got to get cleaned up first. You can't just, you know, like just think that, you know, you're just going to eat sprouts and that's going to change or just do green juice and that's going to change everything. Yeah, it might make right. you feel better, but we have got to stop putting in the stuff that's killing us. We have to get out all that crap and leave it literally live, live a detoxification lifestyle, which is not hard. And then, and then start putting in fresh nutrition. And so I've seen people like a pastor out of Vancouver, Washington. He had stomach cancer. He comes to one of our classes. He was referred to by a couple of people that we'd helped. And then they started talking at their church and they said, Tim, we're putting an event on. And they started, you know, people like me sprouted up. And then from, from what I learned and they sprouted up from what they learned from me, it's this ripple effect, right? So they fill this whole church up with people and they had Jim get up and this other guy that had testicular cancer and both of them had healed themselves of cancer. Both of them came to my classes and I was like, whoa, like the one guy that had testicular cancer, he was a new person. Jim was a new person. They lost a bunch of weight. They looked so healthy and they got rid of their cancers. And Jim said this, very interesting. He goes, I was allergic to over 20 foods for 30 years. He goes, I can eat all of those foods now. Wow. This proves the point of what I was trying to say. And that's what happened for him. So for me, when somebody says, you know, carnivore is the best or vegan's the best, it depends. Again, mm -hmm. I can go be a vegan at McDonald's. I could eat all carnivore. It might change my life now. But long term, it's not going to be the best thing for me. I want what's best for me and I want yeah. what's best for our clients and what we share. So I just take a pretty neutral look at it. And the goal is just try to get you healthy, get you feeling your best. And whatever that path is for you, if you need to go carnivore for a while, great. Let's do carnivore and let's super get on reducing your stress and super detoxing. Once we do this for a while, let's try the green juice and see how that works. Yeah. And if you have an allergic reaction out of the gate, okay, not for you now. Maybe six months later, hey, I'm drinking the green juice and it's like, no problem. It makes me, gives me lots of energy. Aha. Uh -huh. All right. We've boosted your immune system and now we're going to boost it more. We kind of turn it around. Then eventually they can start introducing the plants back. But then again, they have to be not sprayed, not GMO, not yeah. hybrid, high quality fresh. So there you go. I love that. I think that it would be really helpful if you kind of walked us through. I mean, I know, you know, without like projecting what you do on a daily basis, but I would love to hear what you do on a daily basis. If you could walk us through a day in the life, including kind of like what you eat, um, any like holistic health practices outside of the realm of like nutrition, whether that's like meditation, anything else that's spiritual to you. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, I got so busy with all this stuff in this company. I just stopped eating about seven years ago. That's how I look so good. It's just easier. It's, it's, you'll You're just like a, a twilight vampire. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, look, I got the bangs. You, you'll save a lot of money. Um, I just drink green juice. That's it. No, but there has been. When I, when I started my natural foods company, I just drank wine. So, I mean, that was my dinner. Yeah, it, so I'm uh, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. You probably, those polyphenols. Yeah. Um, oh, those studies kill me. Um, so, I mean, it's like everybody's different. That's why it's yeah. like what I do is like the first thing I do is I put water in my body. And I mean, I, I have a machine that makes molecular hydrogen. 
Oh, I got some tablets from my like, um, neighborhood apothecary of molecular hydrogen and I do it every morning now and I am obsessed. Oh yeah. Well, our bodies are actually, it's the, you want to, you were talking about macros earlier. Your number one macronutrient is hydrogen. Number two is oxygen. Mm. Number three is carbon. And number four is, you know, minerals and everything else. And so there's actually, um, a, specialized bacterium that's supposed to be in the colon but it's been killed off from all these chemicals since the 1960s and antibiotics and stuff its job is to break the hydrogen carbon bond as the food goes through the colon and gets finished off before it exits and um, supply us with hydrogen but it's you know, most people don't have it now so if you have scar tissue on your body it's a clear indicator you're hydrogen deficient mm. it is our again our major macronutrient 62 percent of your body by volume is hydrogen it's supposed to be 24% oxygen, 12% carbon, 2% everything else. My whole lifestyle and everything I've been doing for like 11 years at the time was based on oxygen, carbon, and the minerals, everything else. Wow. I focus on the foundational macronutrients, not protein, carb, and, and fat. That's yeah. secondary. That's that's actually third dairy or whatever you want. It's Tracero or whatever. It's yeah. down the road. Tertiary. Um, cause there's, cause it, yeah, because there's also minerals, trace minerals, vitamins, you know, and then there's the hormones, the oxygen, the phytochemicals, and so they're even above. So I would say it would be like hydrogen. Uh, the, the base of our existence should be hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and then you got the minerals and stuff. Then you got phytochemicals, enzymes, um, uh, hormones. That's only from living foods. Then you got vitamins. Um, yeah, from the you know, uh, and, and there's 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 other stuff. But that's that that would be a really good pyramid. And then then fats, carbs, and and uh, start uh, protein, right? Got it. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a whole different way of looking at things. But um, yeah, I drink water, lemon water. Uh, one side note: if you do lemon water every day, as soon as you're done drinking the lemon water, take regular water and rinse rinse your mouth out so you don't start, you know, because the acidity can eat, eat the enamel up and stuff like that. It's really important if Good you're going to do know. that. But uh-huh. very very important actually. But the lemon water, as soon as it hits your saliva, it will start turning to instantly alkaline limes do the same thing so it's not like you're acidifying your body which is interesting um so i do that i have a green juice um i take my nano silver um as my first line of defense um that stuff is unreal like i could build a whole company just around that one product and for your for our canadian listeners the gel just got approved in health canada for all skin infections and afflictions oh not for anybody in America or anywhere else, but just the Canadians. Interesting. It's approved for all skin infections and afflictions. So basically, we can actually make a claim that it'll heal your skin. Wow. Anything. That's awesome. Up in Canada, but we can't do it anywhere else. Okay. So we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put okay. all of your products in the show notes too. Yeah. And I'm very proud. I've, I've been kind of meek about it for a long time, but I'm, I'm finally at the point where it's like, look, I've spent 13 years curating these products. We have yeah. Dr. Scott Treadway, our formulator. Our, most of our, our uh, products are proprietary. They were developed by a guy who's uh, trained in aerobatic system science, like 10,000 years of biological engineering system science. Engineers don't make mistakes or people die. Um, our products work for 98% of people up the middle, but there's some people that have some allergies or whatever. So we have a double your money back guarantee and all that stuff. And then we've curated a few other things like Dr. Keith's um, nano silver stuff. It's, it's so exciting because like yeah. I've been such a big promoter of colloidal silvers. I was bit getting ready to make my own because Dr. Treadway made his own. This stuff, it's not, it's like 
there's no reason to ever do colloidal silver again. And colloidal is just a measurement of size. It has nothing to do with They give them all these fancy names. But this stuff, I've seen like burn victims that were supposed to have massive scarrings where they use this stuff and like no scarring. Wow. Like no scarring. My cat got scratched in his eye. We put, I put the gel in his eye. I thought he was going to lose his eyes all swelled up. In five days, it completely healed. Um, when you drink, it works on balancing the gut. Like literally, like I used to tell people like, do never swallow silver unless it's emergency because you'll wipe out your good bacteria in there too. But mm-hmm. this stuff doesn't do it at all. It balances. You can literally drink 16 ounces of it. It doesn't screw you up. And it and it, you'll never get turned blue. Never turn blue. Wow. And because uh, the colloidal servers, they actually go in like a single shot shotgun or like a uh, 22. And they, 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 and they steal an electron from the exoskeleton of a virus, a yeast, a mold, a fungus or something like that. Yeah. But this one goes in and it has the ability to go. So one particle is like a machine gun. And the other thing is the energy from it, it doesn't even have to hit the cell. If the cell comes in within the vicinity of it, the energy, the energetics of this product will knock it out. It's insane. Like, so the, these are the types of things like the, this, this, I was telling you about the hydrogen. I have a Brown's gas machine back here, yeah. which makes oxygen, uh, hydrogen and, and uh, uh, electrically expanded water, which is great for the cardiovascular system. Not only do I bubble my water with hydrogen, but I breathe it. And it's like the breathing, it's 10 times the power of the bubbling. And what I've noticed since I've been breathing is my scar tissues are going away because now when you put enough molecular hydrogen in your body, you actually kick start and ramp back up your stem cell production. So all these people running, getting stem cells, if you start breathing hydrogen at night, when you sleep, um, then you can ramp up your own stem cell production because we're not doing it because we don't have that bacterium in our gut breaking the hydrogen carbon bond and releasing it. Right. Yeah. So, and I have an infrared sauna. I mean, there's just so many things that I've, I, I, I try to find the best stuff possibly for me. And then yeah. if I find something better, I ditch the old one and I go to the new one. I love and that. So that's my process for the last 13 years. So all the stuff that I'm associated with, I found is the best of the best. And if somebody can show me different, I will change immediately and move on to that and then tell the world about that one. And so that's, that's what we've been doing over here for uh, basically 13 years in my own lifestyle. And that's why my skin's pretty. Yeah. Um, and I was embarrassed about it for a while because when I first started, people were like, oh, your skin's so amazing. I felt weird. Yeah. Women would tell me that. Now I'm like, of course it is. You know why? I'm like, because my gut is healthy. Yeah. And I've taken care of my inside and I've, I've, I've flushed out most of these demons in my past life and these things that I was holding on to, like my brother's death or, you know, um, a bad relationship, child custody battle. I've let go of all that stuff. I live in the moment. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. And I realized that my brother died doing exactly what he he came here to do. And mm-hmm. so he created a lot of contrast. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. He was mm-hmm. the catalyst to get me to really believe in myself to, you know, start telling people about this stuff. Cause yeah. I, 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 I didn't see myself as a health person. I was a financial advisor and a baseball player, redneck. So um, I got to thank Troy for, you know, creating enough contrast for me to do what I loved. Cause he went out doing what he loved and, I figured if, if I want to go out, when I do go out, I want to go out doing what I love. I don't even care about the money. So I actually walked away from that multi-million dollar financial firm that I yeah. was taking over very soon to tell people about sprouts and wheatgrass. Mm. And uh, haven't haven't stopped. It's been, you know, eight years. And um, we've, you know, the message has helped a lot of people. Well, I'll Tim, just say I'm, that. We've, yeah. 
you can just tell how passionate you are about all of this. And it's very clear and apparent that you have landed in the place that you're meant to be. So I acknowledge you for having the courage to go against your grain and, you know, try and share your mission and message to help more people because, um, you know, to be able to take an experience that was probably very painful and negative and turn it into your life's work, um, takes just that. So. Yeah. And when I go to the bathroom now, it doesn't hurt. And there you go. There you go. All worth it. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought, I literally thought I was like this isolated person, but I've been on some pretty big shows and, um, I've had a lot of people reaching out to us and become clients that said that, yeah, I, I, I bleed when I poop too. And I've all, and I'm like, it's, it's, I'm not an isolated insulin incident. There's a lot of people out there going through that. And I don't want people to go through, you don't have to, you can change it. And it doesn't really matter what path it takes to get there. I just hope that the message today, it just wakes people up. And I hope there's one thing that you heard today that will inspire you and make it actionable enough. Like, yeah, I can do this. And if you need help, we're here to help people. If mm-hmm. People want a little assistance. So on that note, um, before we sign off, can you just tell people where they can find you, um, your website, your products, social media things, your podcast? Yep. Um, so best place is chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. And uh, people interested in the products, they just go to the shop tab. In fact, to tell you what, that, what you can, we have these things called saving bundles. That's how you can get a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also another way to get a discount when people get on. Once they know they like the products, they're a subscribe and save deal where they get it monthly or bi-monthly or every five months or whatever fits their needs. Um, we actually have a guy over in Ireland who orders about $8,000 every four months now because he's turned into like a chemical free body CSA in his neighborhood. They've all pulled together to offset these international shipping costs where they're by design trying to sh- stop, you know, smaller business owners from being successful around the world. Right. You know, so that was really cool. Um, we also have an inner circle that I lead every Wednesday. Uh, that's an educational resource. Um, I go live and answer questions and I do a topic and then we do a guided breathwork meditation. And then you get to interact with other people in the community. We do a, a live where we, break them up into breakout rooms and you get to meet other like-minded people. So if you're feel like you're in an Island in the middle of a, in Kansas, you don't, and your family thinks you're crazy and your doctor thinks you're crazy. We don't, uh, we will support you. I love that. Um, um, I'm, we started doing social media again. So we are on TikTok and Instagram and, um, I think we're going to start some stuff up. You know, my podcast was called the health hero show forever. We're right in the middle of transitioning over to Tim James unleashed. So, Tim James Unleashed podcast, more education for free. And um, a lot of stuff we give away is for free, probably 80% of it. And then 20% we charge. And we've got awesome clients. We have a lot of great testimonies. Um, I've personally coached 700 people through the process. So all those people have just crushed it, except for two of them. Uh, two of them had egos and I had to let them go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's pretty good. Go. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And it's that's okay. They were, and I told them, hey, when you're ready to be more receptive come on back don't let that ego get in the way i'm here to i love you and i'll, I'll help you but right now you, you you know you just you you're blaming me and you're you're not making the changes it's right. obvious you know you're like um it's 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 unfortunate and i i've learned to let go of the ego i know i still have a little bit of an ego and especially when it comes to um uh my parents like it seems like i can um make an impact on a lot of other people but the people the closest to me that i want to help the most i feel like superman yeah. And dad dies of a heart attack and I have all these superpowers, all this knowledge and stuff that I have like literally helped myself and thousands of people. 
but my dad wants no part of it. So for those of you wanting to change, if you're going to change, um, you have to do it for yourself first. But if you need to, if there's somebody in your life that you can do it for, a child or a grandchild or a spouse to get you going. I mean, it's whatever it takes to get you going. But a lot of times the family and the friends are going to tear you down in the beginning because they're not ready to change in their life. They're not in a growth mode like you are. So that's why we think it's so important you become part of a tribe and a community of like-minded people to support you during the process until you get your feet underneath you and you get so so many results that eventually people are going to be like, I know I made fun of you last year, but hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, and then they'll, they'll, they'll come to you. Yeah. Don't offer your advice until it's asked ever. Right. Just be quiet Just about live it. by example and then let them come yeah. to you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Our motto is change yourself, change your world. You change yourself, your world around you will change. And I always told my health coaching clients, I mean, if you get pushback from friends or family or if someone makes fun of you or teases you for what you're doing. It has everything to do with them and really nothing to do with you and just their perception of what's happening. And, um, so, I mean, it's like that quote, that's like someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. Um, yeah. I remember listening to a guy one time and I don't know if I can phrase this right, but this lady came up and her first question was, well, what about my, you know, um, you know, I, I, I struggle with my family and mm. the guy was like, what the hell does your family have to do with anything to your happiness? Mm. Mm-hmm. And the whole audience was like, aha. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's all, you know, the, 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 here's, and I'll leave you guys with this because this is something that's so important. It changed my life in 2018 and it's, I've coached people with this. Oh my God. It's so simple. If you're confused in what to do in life, you're not sure what to do next. You know, I used to say, number one, make your health a priority, obviously. Make yourself a priority. But here's here's what you do. You fall, here's the I'm telling you, this is the map of life. This is what mm-hmm. God wants you to do. You follow your highest excitement and your joy to the best of your ability every moment of every day with zero insistence on an outcome. Mm. If you you have to do that last piece, there's three parts. Number one, follow your excitement. Number two, to the best of your ability, so you can do it no longer, and, and then never have an insistence on an outcome. And and because you don't know, the physical mind has no idea what's going to happen. Right. The higher mind, whatever that is to you, God, he, she, it, the vortex, the you know whatever, um, knows exactly where you're going. It has the thirty thousand foot view. It's the view on the mountaintop. It sees very clearly. The physical mind has no idea what to do or what's going on. It can just perceive what's already happened right so yeah. so this is very important and when you, you have to understand like well what does this mean because a lot of people think this excitement and joy thing is like oh it's always a career thing because we for some reason people on this planet believe that you know money is the only form of abundance far yeah. from it there's it is a valid form of abundance don't get me wrong money's not evil but it is a valid form of abundance along with many other forms of abundance be it somebody gifting you something, somebody being in the right place at the right time. This happens, these synchronicities, the more you follow this formula are going to start happening. It's, it becomes laughable. Yeah. Like literally laughable. Like I could tell you stories, but I know we got to go that like make your hair go up on the back of your neck. The things that yeah. happened to me when I started following this process, teaching it with people. Absolutely. I love the synchronicities and I feel as if the more that I'm tapped into myself and my intuition and my heart, the more that they show up. So I think that those final words are so powerful. 
and so true. And I needed to hear them today. And they can be expanded to so much of life. So thank you for that and your wisdom, Tim. This has been amazing. I feel like I'm over here just lapping up everything that you've said. And I know that it's going to impact the audience as well. So thank oh, you. Oh, last thing, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. I have a big butt. <laughs> the butt of the final what, but, what is that but yeah. when you start making these changes mm -hmm. right when you start demonstrating to the universe and what you truly believe yeah is makes you happy don't expect everything or everybody around you to change a lot of this mm -hmm. stuff will and it will happen very rapidly and it's going to be very surprising but there might be a certain person in your life that doesn't change when they don't change that's the universe or God testing you to see what your true belief systems are inside. Mm -hmm. Because when you know your reality has changed is when you respond differently to them than you did a moment before. Yeah, That's when you know your reality has really changed. So God is always going to test you. You want to, you want to change Sarah? You want to change? Yeah, I do. I'm going to follow my excitement. I'm going to, what's the next. And when you get done with this podcast, what are you going to do? Well, look around. What's the next most exciting thing to do? I'm going to call my mom, do that. I'm going to take a bath, do that. I'm going to go work on my career. Do that. I'm going to go give my kid a hug. Do that. Go for a walk. Whatever the most exciting thing is to do, go do that thing. Uh. Because all the little things are all connected to the bigger things that excite you. It's a self-contained kit. and It'll perpetuate more and more and more excitement. Again, when you change, the, your outer world will change. But when parts of it don't change, that's the universe or God testing you to see if you've really changed on the inside. Because your world is literally experienced inside of you. It's not outside of you. Yeah. And when you respond differently to it, now you know your world has changed. It's that simple. That's kind of it sounds like living in alignment, living in flow moment to moment, just like following the curiosity and the joy. And it's, you know, maybe it's not possible 100% of the time, but just keeping that in mind because that information, if you're tapped in, it's probably always available to you. If there was one goal to have, that would be to be excited every moment of every day. Mm and not be attached to outcomes. That would be the goal. Oh, I feel like I need to have you back on to just have that separate conversation. <laughs> That's like a whole other podcast episode. Oh, it's, 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 it's crazy. Cause it all started with cleaning the poop out of my colon yeah. and, and garbage <laughs> and then green juice. It led to uh, better relationships and a, a spiritual path that I'm very excited about. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tim. This has just been so wonderful. And um, I'm so excited to have connected with you and um, I hope we stay connected and um, yeah, this has just been so great. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. And thanks. Thanks to the listeners. Appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the healthified podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode. If it resonated with you, please share it with a friend or rate and review the podcast, which helps us share the health with more people. For further learning, be sure to check out the linked resources in the show notes, and you can connect with us on Instagram at healthified and at gratified until next time.